You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hello, gang. Welcome to Riverdale Gang, the critical commentary watch-along podcast recorded here on unceded Tsleil-Waututh, Musqueam, and Squamish territory, which is in fact where much of Riverdale is shot. We are today's a oh we're we're going to be talking over each other all day, gang. Um, We're recording in separate rooms across the city because of illnesses and fatigue and my allergies and Chloe's cold. And the world yeah. being what it is, we just needed and to give up being... a few things today, like moving around. <laughs> yes, I also <laughs> needed to ensure that no one in the street was going to scream at me for having a runny nose. Because, as you know, the WHO has just declared COVID-19 an epidemic or a pandemic. A pandemic? What's the difference? There is... a. I'm sure a very important difference I'm not familiar with. I'm focusing hard on my escapism, Chloe. Okay. I'm so sorry for not allowing you to escape. It's Um, fine. There is no escape. We're we're all here. We're all on this planet. We're all watching this. Ah! But Riverdale. Ah! But Riverdale. What matters is Riverdale. Yeah, the episode today was good. I would call this episode darn good. Okay, I'm I'm excited to hear your positivity. I was largely baffled. I <laughs> rolled with it, but mood-wise, um today made me embrace the idea that Riverdale isn't about the destination, it's about the journey because <laughs> it's not they didn't quite stick the landing the way they uh, that I but you know they surprised the hell out of me a bunch of ways and I think the most surprising thing for me was that there's there's a whole other arc beat coming out in this season I you know, that makes sense given the pacing of the last few episodes, but I I was honestly expecting to ride this momentum out to some degree to the end of the season. Um, and there's there's a whole new chapter that's going to roll out to define what we get to sit in all summer. Yeah, I think the thing that I found... There there are definitely things I found really weird about the episode and didn't like. Mm-hmm. But like any good fan response, um, I, you know, overall loved it. But of course I'm going to be critical because I'm a fan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I did think... Um, I did also like the tone and the mood. It was really like distinct going into like hard mystery genre shift mm. instead of like we're a bit of a mystery but we're also these 10 other plots that I really liked mm-hmm. um I did also like uh the return to high school stakes but I didn't like the fact that I was expecting to get the next chapter's hook, and I'm not really believing a potential love story between Archie and Betty as the potential next real hook. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep, I feel that. Um, I am likewise curious where they're going to dive in um, next episode. 
and how quickly and what what horrifying twist it is going to pull us um, because I expect nothing but horrifying twists. It's We've had nothing but horrifying twists since one point, episode one, season one, really. It's been twists all the way down. It has been twists all the way down. I quite agree. And I do feel like... I just feel like I, I didn't I, I didn't expect this. And I, I like the unexpected with Riverdale. Usually when Riverdale does the unexpected, I usually like it. Maybe mm. that's not true. Maybe I'm lying about that. I'm not sure. <laughs> but in this moment, you liked it and you were surprised. Yeah, I was surprised. Um, cool. I, and I enjoyed was, the ride, which is yeah. good enough. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if I don't like it the second time around. We'll have to see. We'll trade these. Um, yeah. Should we jump in, Ryan? Let's jump right on in this week, uh, Chloe. Yeah. All right. Um, if- um, actually, one br- very briefly, I think instead of our, our ending 10-minute political rant, mm-hmm. I would like to say uh, that um, there is a Solidarity with Wet'suwet'en demonstration in Vancouver on Friday at 10 a.m., beginning at Jonathan Rogers Park. I will be there. Come say hi to me. Yeah. Probably other things around Canada on that specific day specifically as well somewhat coordinated yeah. action so if you happen to be in canada or in a major world city like london um that isn't quarantines anyway <laughs> oh boy oh uh, boy right if y'all are passing the time in a really long horrid flu season ugh i'm sorry we keep beating this horse um but yeah also political action it's confusing time Pulled in many directions. It yes, it's true. I don't. Um, I've been thinking about the poor folks in 1919 in the last 48 hours. You know, like they had just escaped a certain level of political turmoil, and there was still political turmoil going on. And then this influenza epidemic arrived, and I don't think that's what's going to happen with COVID-19. No, but. You know, I'm sure there was a certain level of fear at the beginning stages that is similar to what people around me are experiencing now. History provides some daunting parallels and, and options for what horrors exist in the world and are possible. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I say <Yes>. reassuringly. <laughs> Listen, I went on a little bit of an Instagram rant about COVID-19 earlier today. And like, first of all, the coverage has been super racist. Please keep eating in Chinese restaurants. Please keep um, patronizing Asian businesses. I went for dim sum on Sunday. Is that the coverage? Just stop it. Or is that just humans? Is that like, it's chicken and egg, chicken and egg? Um, and then, what was the other part of my rant? Oh, the other part of my rant was, um, oh my god, I can't even remember. I just wash your hands. Just, like, wash them. You know, <laughs> it's common courtesy. Just give them a wash. Uh, and, oh yeah, oh, like, apparently, because there's such a shortage of basic supplies like masks and gloves and hand sanitizer, a lot of immunocompromised folks are not getting access to those things which they rely on to stay healthy and in some cases stay alive. So if you have extras, please consider sharing them. Maybe put a call out on social media. Say like, hey, like, I have extras of these. If anyone who's immunocompromised needs some, please let me know. Um, Important thing to bear in mind. 
All right, our um, our five minute uh, pandemic check in, replacing our ten minute, actually yeah. fifteen minute political check in this week, um, because that's where we're at. Woo! Let's watch some Riverdale. Let's escape into murder mysteries, and Jonathan's just gone. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Ugh. I hope he comes back. Anyway, queued on um, up at the Netflix Badoom sink, gang. Yeah, you you go ahead and sing the Badoom and the Warner Brothers today. I okay. trust your voice over mine. <laughs> oh, that's foolish. <laughs> My voice is as likely to crack it as anything at any point in the next 20 to 40 minutes. I want to hear your dulcet tones, Ryan. I'm just remembering that I've been losing my voice repeatedly due to allergies all week. Oh if my it God. happens, Would you if like it me happens, Chloe. No, 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 I'll sing it. I'm just realizing I'm going to warn you <laughs> because there's a tiny chance I'm just going to stop being able to talk halfway through this podcast, and it's all you, friend. Netflix okay. time! And I got clicking. Ba ba. Bam, 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 bam. And no previously whatsoever, but he's still talking. Yeah. I was I was here for all this narration, honestly. I liked it. It was it was the melodrama that I accepted for this this plot. Yeah. Deep melodrama. Um Oh yeah. I, I have a soft spot for a good melodrama. I think it's one of the reasons I like, like, masala Hindi movies so much. Like, a good, high mm. melodrama with high stakes really floats my boat. <laughs> I... Uh, yeah? They never really circle around to everyone's reaction to, surprise, Jughead's not dead. I missed yeah. that. I hope we get some of that in the trickle trickle down of the next few episodes. I really hope. Um, yeah, I hope so, too. I love that he watched his own funeral. Like, what a narcissist. Bless. Um, Kevin called it. 100%. Yeah. Although, although, also, <laughs> I also would watch my own funeral if I could. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, it embrace the narcissism it's about all he's got going for him to keep sane in a bunker i guess that's true yes I, perhaps one's narcissism is like directly correlated by to how long one is in a bunker like i wonder if they're like there's a graph somewhere <laughs> so it's baffling me that this bunker has so substantially outlived dilton doily in any plot or application or use yeah like <laughs> It's gotten a lot of mileage, that set. Yeah, it has. It totally has. I wonder if that's something they built or if that's uh, something they found. That'd be fun to find out. Mm. I feel like... Poor... I feel like you just wouldn't be able to actually film inside a bunker bunker. I feel like that's not a location that you can comfortably work with as a scouted set. By the nature of bunkers. Yeah, I mean, I would also assume so. I do <laughs> notice that they're, the camera's usually in the back mm. corner, mm -hmm. but every now and again we get a shot from the other end. Yeah, that one potentially removable wall. So Yeah. Also, poor Jellybean. Yeah. Like, poor, poor Jellybean. So and poor that FP. They didn't poor just everybody. let Jellybean in on it. 
that that wasn't a conscious choice to spare the child the trauma. That yeah. was just... <laughs> but there's a lot of irresponsibility here. Like, at, at one point, they beat Brett into making a confession. And, like, they could have done that at any point. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that was always an option. <laughs> yeah. Although I did find that the elaborateness of the plot was excused a little later when Jughead did die for a sec. Mm-hmm. You know, like they there was something to cover up. It wasn't like there was never nothing. You right. know what I mean? It was all an ad hoc convoluted plan. Like there's they didn't build it this convoluted. Which yes, yeah, exactly. which I agree is important. Um I'll, I'll, I'll return yeah, to this when we, when we get there, but the logic of listening to a man who says no, no, co- no ambulance, no hospital as he's bleeding out in the forest floor, and the logic of Charles rolling with that, ah, don't yeah, trust I mean, Charles, I think... he doesn't make good choices. No, indeed. I, I mean, it's obvious that Charles is, like, building a huge backlog of material he can use to, like, manipulate them or blackmail them for the eventual endgame plot, which I assume is coming. Uh, yep, I, yep, those two blonde jail lover guys are gonna be something. Something. You know, Harley Quinn made it work for me. Made two (laughs) super codependent, horrible, misogynistic men who were clearly in love with each other work as a villain pair. Oh, wow. I don't... I haven't seen this. I should... Should I see this? Spectacular. I I adored uh, Birds of Prey. Really, really. Oh, really? My favorite favorite addition to the superhero genre since the year of Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther in one fell swoop. Interesting. Okay, I'm going to see it. Yeah. I'm going to see it. Okay, so I both loved and hated what they did with Donna's character this episode. Yep. Um, There was a few things. It, it, It felt real neat to me. Like, I expected something a touch more interesting about her, rather than oh. just a, a neat a neat bow on the plot. Mm. Especially given that they left her functionally in play in a very different way. That's true, the they else. did. They did leave her functionally in play. Like, Jonathan is dead, 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 dead? Um, Joan is fleeing the country to question mark, and Brett is in jail for attempted murder. Um, and you know we're never going to circle back to, like, Brett's trial, which would be a very long and convoluted process for everyone involved. It's true, it would. (laughs) I, I don't know, I feel like they could have a fun series of shorts of Brett on the stand. That would be... They absolutely could. Would be... This would make a beautiful summer webisode. Yes, it would. <laughs> I love that he pulls on his beanie like, yeah, let's mm-hmm. saddle up. Uniform okay, on. Okay, so I was not expecting him to... One thing that really surprised me about this episode is that they just waltz into the school. I will be honest, I was not expecting that, and it was a fun surprise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, once I got over the shock of them just tossing their greatest asset and 
all of this work into the into the wind and just that smirk as he walks in um yeah was kind of worth it oh <laughs> uh. yeah i like that brett was really convinced that jughead was dead like he's genuinely quite surprised because mm-hmm. he didn't really believe that donna was right mm-hmm. i love that donna gets to know that she was right i think that's fun yep and that they play it um yeah. This okay, was... so here, the slow unraveling of this mystery. Huh. Goodness. Crime and punishment. So what's left? So we unravel a lot of, of heavy, heavy foreshadowing, a lot of the last season. Um, yeah. So there's still the left? tapes, the unexplained tapes. Yep. Uh, there's, there's Charles and Chick. Yep. There's Hiram's mysterious illness. Hiram's mysterious illness. There's Archie's um, boxing ring and his uncle. Oh, yeah. That feels so in limbo, though. Yeah. Like, there's no momentum there. Like, where's where's their plot momentum? Other than, you know, we're getting Hedwig and the Angry Inch of some sorts and way or a variety show of some sorts and way but um like veronica and archie are both in uh, places of narrative unsettlement like they haven't really resolved something this season is yeah well they haven't really had a real conflict Mm mm-hmm and in my opinion Oh, I hope. I mean, it's 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 not going to be the love triangle, right? Quadrangle, that. I don't know. Ooh. I mean, it's only interesting if they all become like a poly foursome. Honestly, at this point, like. Yeah, you know, that's a twist I'd roll with. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but could public television roll with it? The answer is no. Mm, probably not. Even just um, getting where the are where are we right. at in this mystery that we've been talking over? Um, a bunch of stuff was revealed. Uh, moose, 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 moose. Moose, oh, yeah. moose wound up being way more important than I realized. Yeah, I liked that. That so that was an element that I liked. Mm-hmm. I like seeing moose again. Mm-hmm. I um, am shocked that they convinced me of the sense of Chipping's suicide. I'm shocked mm. that that they that they were able to make that make sense in a non-paranormal way for me. I am truly shocked because that was wild at the time. Yeah, that was pretty wild. I also appreciated that um I uh, Brett says suicided quite pointedly and not committed suicide, which I didn't know was until fairly recently was the politically correct term for that type of death. Is it? Yeah, I yeah. I, I mean, I gosh, I haven't don't up use with it. That one. Yeah, I don't. I don't. To be honest, I still say committed suicide, but um, apparently there is a connotation to committed suicide as in having committed a crime the rather verb. than. Huh. Yeah. Um, I have mixed feelings about it, but I am happy to use the term that is preferred. So anyway, I noticed that Brett used it. Language moves fast. It does. 
Um, so yeah, this reveal about Moose, like, it's kind of, I actually rather like the outcome of this plot for Moose that he, um... Well, he dodged like it, being a murder victim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he That's... dodged being a murder victim, but it also makes his choice to kind of run away and join the army a little bit more interesting that he was mm. being pushed out of a violent situation by a teacher that wanted to save his life. Right. Right, 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 right. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, that's true. It, it's definitely going to make a rewatch of this season. Um, I have the conch. Uh. <laughs> I liked it. I thought that was, like, stupidly cheesy and fun. Yes. I, so, I, like, I, emphasis I like it. on the cheese. I like it in the most eye-rolling way. Um, I'm just, this whole time, just the, the absurdity of these two teenagers locking a teacher and three other kids in like this. Yeah, especially if they think they're capable of, especially if they think they're capable of murder. Like, all, like, they're outnumbered. They could just kill them. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless FP and Grandpa and Charles are literally on the other side of the door just waiting. I mean, I would assume, how else would they get the timing so perfect? Like, I, I'm imagining FP with a glass to the door, like, listening for his keyword. That's the me. magic of television. <laughs> yes, um, you're right. <sighs> and, um, God, FP and Charles roll with such, such illegal stuff. So yeah. much. Like, how can, how can they? There's goes my voice. <laughs> this uh, is actually, here. oh, since allergies have wrapped up. I have been actively losing my voice for periods. Oh, okay. Colin well, let me do eagle. some talking. Let me do some eagle. I, it's some eagle. Eagle. Let me do some... Uh, I don't actually... I think talking and evil and speaking all combined there to make eagle. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I liked the extent to which Brett and Joan were and weren't in on it. Yes. That was something I really liked. Yep. Um, because evidently they were complicit enough not to want to do anything about chipping when he jumped out the window. But you notice that in that quick shot, Donna's at the back of the shot, as if she's a minor character. Mm. See, suicided. Mm. Um, and I, uh, I like that. I. It's interesting to me how seamlessly Donna has sort of been brought to the forefront as an unsuspecting villain unsuspected villain yes i think that was a real master stroke of the um the construction of this season so far um the the arc of donna has been very well played well laid out and and carefully teased um better yeah and better sort than of the end almost anything in the mystery i would i would argue <laughs> um yeah, not, not and then the sort of anti-arc of Brett in that sense. Like, he starts yeah. out as the, like, typical evil, like, jock man, and it turns out he's a pawn. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, maybe a, a rook? Maybe? But, like, a very dense one. He's the muscle. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but he's the muscle playing the brains. It's a neat dynamic. Yeah. It, it's a no yeah. it's a bit of a novel dynamic for me, I I, I will say. Um I don't I also 
don't read a lot of mystery, and I haven't since I was a kid. Um, Boxcar Kids was my uh, mystery mystery mainline. Oh, yeah? Gosh, I, I remember reading those, but I don't remember much about what happens in those books. Very formulaic, in retrospect. Meh. Yeah. I, just, I remember them with some fondness, but I don't... I don't think they were quite the um, seminal bit of literature that Baxter Brothers was on Jughead. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Maybe if I had read Hardy Boys or um, what other mystery? Weirdly, like Child's Markets mysteries. I like that seems to be a place where mystery stories thrived. The, like, yeah, I, know, I know there's genre pulp mysteries, but it's such a, it's a small <laughs> section of the bookstore now. That's true. It is a small section of the bookstore. Um, I'm a little distracted by um, our uh, our teens here for a sec. Mm-hmm. I did like that. So this was something that kind of kind of came out of left field because we haven't really talked about the Stonewall Four in a bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, matching up the ghost writers with the missing students. Yes. Um, that was that. This was like this was fun. Like I enjoyed this. This was kind of fun. Um, something I did really like about this episode is this reminds me of an interview I saw with sort of the main Riverdale actors really early on when we first started watching it Mm -hmm. is something that they talk about is how melodramatic it is, but how earnest the characters are, Mm -hmm. like how, how like believably invested they are in their ridiculous world. Right. And, um, I thought about that a lot in this episode because, the characterizations of Betty and Jughead here are so enthusiastically tropey. Mm. Um, and I don't know, I kind of, it kind of worked for me. Yep, I, I, I will agree. Um, this intensity of, of buying and performance was a, a real high point for these two characters. It worked really well um, for... Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. agree with that. It's a very heightened reality. Um, yeah, I guess it it helps that it was it was a a fun literary jaunt through like television genre mystery tropes. Um, like who else? Yeah. Who else has had like the G and G plot? The um, some of the pla- the past big season arcs were a little bit more um, whole ensemble, perhaps, or but this this compartmentalization they did, where I don't know, it just it. I am rambling. I need more allergy meds, Chloe. Oh no, I understand. Except not with allergies. Tis the season. I, also, so... also, I'm I'm realizing as I talk, like there, this is literally the episode of revealing everything. Like, yeah, letting it roll out. There's only so much for me to add to that. I do also think it's funny that we're talking over all the talking. Like, this is a very talky episode. Like, it's all exposition from the moment, basically the moment Jughead starts talking. Yeah, it's borderline clip episode in the amount of flashbacks. Borderline which kind of episode? Sorry? Clip episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The oh, yeah, sh- totally. The sheer volume of flashbacks. Yeah. So here, we see Jonathan for a sec. 
Mm-hmm. And then... And then nothing. I want to know what I for a split second I expected Jonathan and Mr. Chipping to walk to be the special guests. <laughs> Truly, I did. The, yeah. 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 Uh, the, well, but that's not what happened. They all like completely failed at all the murders, even the murders they claimed to. Wouldn't that be fun? That, that that could have been a nice layer, but you know maybe Jonathan has food poisoning. I mean, they've proven so. bad at murder already. So, one thing I did like about this murder reveal is that Jughead does actually die for a sec. I don't know why, like, a blow to the head would make his heart stop for a sec in a, like, <laughs> very healthy, like, 18-year-old child. And in a man. way that would allow Young man. rapid resuscitation with a little CPR. Yeah, also, Archie already knows how to do CPR from saving Cheryl from Sweetwater River. Betty doesn't need to tell him how to do CPR. Archie knows what's up. I mean, Archie can identify, perhaps, that CPR doesn't seem like it's a head wound. Yeah, it's a head wound. I mean, I, I guess no breathing, no pulse, CPR, but, like, Archie identifies him as dead. Yes. Right. Well, unless he just like, <laughs> but of course, if he misread the pulse, and you're not really supposed to take a pulse in CPR anymore, mm. um, the uh, like Jughead would start shouting as soon as like Archie's enormous weight tried to crack open <laughs> his sternum. <laughs> anyway, it's still kind of uh, a a cute scene. They're all so invested in this moment. They're all so invested in the melodrama mm-hmm. and the. And yeah, and that that investment does help me buy into the ridiculousness that they plot out, especially once they call in Charles for help, because we know he weaves bad ideas into everything. Right. Like. Mm, as we're going through yeah. this again, I'm I'm seeing more and more inroads with Charles and the tapes that might maybe tie together. Yeah. Like, his his fingerprints being the big unfinished business of all of this. We can trust Ooh, him. Ooh, that's interesting. Ooh. What else is there that is left unfinished from all of this? Well, the, the mystery of Charles, I think, is going to be the final mystery. Mm. It must be. You know? Unless they're building towards next season. Like, either... Either it's this season's final mystery, or it's part of the launch into the next. That might be too much, honestly, if it's the launch into next season. Sure might, but, um, you know, I respect the call they made about this pacing. Yeah, also, who are these two random paramedics? Like, ah! Charles just owns the FBI. Yeah, Charles I, is all the FBI and has all the FBI he needs. And they're just going to fix Jughead and then hide him and then pretend he's dead and then he... <laughs> yeah, but, like, what, 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 like, where are those paramedics from? Like, it's the small community. Like, they're going to notice if an FBI agent says to three teenagers, please go burn your clothing. No, they're just, they're just the, the secret FBI paramedics that they keep on hand in Riverdale for when weird things happen. And the ah, yes. one ranking field officer needs to call in some illegal stuff again. 
again. You know, something I realized while I was watching this episode is what I like about this show. Like, even though we make a lot of jokes about it, Mm. um, we keep coming back week after week. And, like, this little moment from KJ Appa here where we get to see Archie being like, where is my moral compass? It is spinning. <laughs> even though even though the stakes are very, very melodramatic, I still feel it. Like, I still feel mm. something. Like, I still do really care about these characters, even though they go to strange plot places that make very, very little sense. Yep, they're yep, they're all very authentically on this roller coaster ride. Um, yeah, as as you, as circling back to your your core point, um, yeah, and and it's it's fun to watch them that committed and into it. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want this life, but it's <laughs> wildly entertaining. Yeah. I love, it was so good to see Nikolai and to know that Dr. Curdle Jr. was in on it, counting <laughs> bills in his morgue. I loved that. There's, like, so much illegalness that goes into this whole cover-up and perfect exposition. This is not a perfect... Like, you you don't do this much illegal stuff to catch someone in illegal stuff. You do in Riverdale. Where are they getting, like... How is none of this prosecuted? They called us... I mean, okay, FP quit conveniently. Yeah. <laughs> yep, all he has to do is, like, fake the records and move on. But this the thing is that there was not even any questioning. Like, Jughead just goes back to high school, and there's no conversation about, like... False police reports. Where he was, and, like, his funeral, <laughs> and his dad... <laughs> You know? Uh-huh. Yep. Everyone just rolls with it. And in the very strange line when Cheryl says no one stays dead in Riverdale, what dark hell Did... is that foreshadowing? Yeah. <laughs> like, also, I thought it was very strange for the young woman who had her brother, like, exhumed and then propped up in a wheelchair in her house. Mm-hmm. To say nothing of her dead father's and her mother, the serial killer, poisoner. Yeah, they're making some weird choices with (laughs) Cheryl in the last couple of episodes, honestly. Uh, Yep, yep. So it's, uh, I'm choosing to embrace it as they're doing something different with Cheryl and see where they take it once she is a superstar, as I assume she will be during the musical. Because that's how they do it. Oh, yeah! I wonder I wonder she's been the star star quote unquote twice now of the musical. I th- Wait, has she? I feel like she's got that niche. Um I mean there was she Oh yeah, she was Carrie and then she was Heather. Down. Yeah. But, yeah, but then not Carrie because Ethel but actually actually Mr. Cooper meant to murder her but found Ethel by mistake or something. Right. Oh, boy. I mean, that would explain why the next beat was to hunt her at home. Gosh, that was weird in retrospect. Yeah. It's been some weird times on this show. Very weird times. Sorry, I just covered my mouth for a sec. Hunting 
hunting Cheryl for sport, and then becoming hunted in kind. Just, yep, this multi-generational whodunit scheme is not all that wild in context. Yeah. So I was a little surprised that this grandpa was real. I don't know yep. if you remember the episode where he saw him and he just disappeared. I was like, oh, like, that was an actor DuPont hired or something. But he's real. Yeah, they just played it straight. The things we thought would be twists and turns weren't all twists and turns. Um, I'm I'm pleased that this show gave us, uh, this show and this, this art gave us enough um, believable, absurd twists and turns and enough openings for us to come up with our own. Like, um, I measure the success of a, a big mystery to some degree by the the excited speculation. Hmm, that's um, a good point. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I particularly remember the fan, uh, the fan response uh, before the final Harry Potter book. Uh, in that space between the, like, fourth and seventh books. Um where it was just like theories and theories and theories and theories and all and, and strings of scheming um yeah i actually remember there being quite a big gap between the fifth and sixth books as well and i think it might have been one of the few times in my life i wrote fan fiction as like a speculation about what as to what the sixth book will be about mhm mhm I, uh, I felt a little uh, echo of that excitement with some of the whodunit-ness of this, uh, this season. Um, yeah. Like, uh, this, this episode was very whiplash for me, but um, this episode tied a neat knot up with a lot of things that I really enjoyed in the last five-ish, um, in the last season in general. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm finding I appreciate the complete picture a lot um, going over this last piece of it again. M yeah. Mostly. Like, there's... The things that are absurd are no more absurd than anything else I've already hand-waved and accepted. Like, it's all, it's, all, it's all to scale <laughs> by now. And that's pretty good. That's a talent itself. Staying that's true. That's something, that's something I liked about this episode really unabashedly is that I felt like the show owned its own absurdity and it worked, mm. which is something I really, really liked about the first season. Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, the satisfaction on Betty and Jughead's faces as they um, detect a parole their way through. Yeah, and And then totally. this, like... I call this, actually, but... Yep, yep. Yeah. The creepy, I symbolic I mean... bookends. This time they react a little bit. Nah. <laughs> it's true, especially Brett. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how... Mm-hmm. I like how Charles is in charge of this, one. And two, I like that Joan kind of has a trump card. Yep. Yep, and it's it's one that Donna arbitrarily suggested was Brett's to yeah, some degree which is further, kind of fun. further throwing him under the bus. Like ranking him lower in the murder conspiracy hierarchy. Yeah. Than even it he does thought seem he like, was. 
It does seem like Brett had more logistical stuff to do, but that Joan is like definitely a more capable uh, manipulator. I mean, arguably, it was a f- bad decision to give the shortest person with the least reach and upper body strength the job of clocking the murder victim on the head with a rock. It's true. That may it's almost like falling. they didn't actually want to succeed. Or something. Maybe they need to all go see Miss Burble. <laughs> I oh, mean, yeah. Brett's I wonder in jail. if Miss Burble is going to come back. Her name was on the list for the musical. But Brett's in no, jail. But I mean, Brett's life is over. That's true. But or, I, or, I guess I mean, like, Miss Miss Burble is, like, going to come back into the plot in some significant way because she knows everyone's secrets. Oh, I hope so. I'm. If so. I, I look forward to seeing what plot points um, they use her to pull upon um, as a nice cue, I think, of what will matter next. Um, because if they... Like, uh, I took her episode as such a, a, a one-off, um, and and so if they um, call back to it, um, given the, the sort of... the place it held as this little standalone narrative beat um, anchor point in the first half of the season... Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited by that foreshadowing potential. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what transpires. So Brett was like a one, Brett was fully a one trick pony here. All he had was creepy sex tapes. That was his whole game. Creepy sex yeah, tapes and turns out. menace. There is a, there is satisfaction in that. He dresses himself as the Cassius of the situa- situation, yeah. but really... Literally, in one case. <laughs> just just close the blinds and beat it out of him. The dear punchable face, Sean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did feel some surprise that that method had not been employed earlier. <laughs> um, also, man, they did a great makeup job. That kid looks messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like FP was beating the man who tried to murder his son again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Jughead did threaten him. Yes. And I love I love Tony and Cheryl eating popcorn through all of this. That just like, uh, it yeah. It has been their role in all of this. And then we celebrate Alice's triumphant return to the news. Yeah. That's what's important. Yeah, and we're all sitting around while, like, our shared half-brother kind of glances at the parents kissing, and we, the kids whose parents are dating, we are also dating, are like, ew. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just all a bit <sighs> odd. It is. Oh, Riverdale. And I enjoyed this being Betty's actual last character beat. Like... Yeah. They give her this little false bottom of a um of a cozy family wrap up. But really her and her nemesis of the day are like are her endgame. Is her her final stroke. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So here's what I liked about this and here's what I didn't. Mm -hmm. I liked that Donna turned out to be quite powerful and was 
herself using DuPont. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that was really, really fun, and I liked that she was doing it for a grandmother. I loved all those, like, very, in some ways, kind of unexpected elements that made up definitely for the the lying about the affair mm-hmm. um, for me. Um, I liked the balance of that. She seems like a complex character for, like, what this show makes room for. Mm-hmm. Um I did not like that she didn't get to keep the franchise because I feel like at this point, Betty would respect her quite a bit Mm. in the same way that she respects Cheryl. You know? But she still tried to murder her boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, like, Cheryl's done some uncool things. (laughs) Maybe not that uncool. I, I think it would have been a very interesting twist for her to win to get what she wants but be looking over her shoulder um i am curious to see if they follow up in any way shape or form with this ultimatum yeah because yeah maybe maybe not like that will also will we ever come back to this will it ever matter again who knows yeah, I'm I'm interested to know if this season is going to leave some loose ends. Because these are the kind of loose ends that, like, they could tie up next season, or if Riverdale gets renewed as many times as Buffy did, tie it up in, like, three seasons from now. hmm You know? Like, it's, they're easy loose ends to kind of pick up. Like, the this loose end and then the, the uncle, Fred's, uh, Fred's brother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Plus, is a loose end that could come back in like three seasons if they decide to go that far. We've also left Evelyn in jail and Polly in the asylum. Oh, yeah. And there must. Well, we have a new chaos grandfather now, so who knows what that's going to do. Jughead's mom. Yeah. Ha- Jughead's mom didn't show up for the funeral. That wasn't a red flag for anyone. That was weird. <laughs> no one even noticed she wasn't there, us included. Although I do like the <laughs> idea that Gina Gershwin is just going to like show up on the doorstep and Jughead's going to answer the door and she's going to be like, so I heard you died and came back to life, kid. What else is going on around here? <laughs> you know? Yep. Much like Archie and the Bear. Just something we catch up on and roll with now in Riverdale. Yeah. I'm... Okay, so... I did not get the feeling that Riverdale was this H.P. Lovecraft hellmouth apocalypse magnet at the beginning of season one. Right. But they've all just accepted now that Riverdale is the land of horrors. It's true. It's the hellmouth without any of the supernatural stuff. Yeah. it's, It's quite a... It's an interesting change. Is it is it meant to be retconning what Riverdale is? Or I don't is know. this just the beginning of the dark times of Riverdale? Or the Are those the a stack of DVDs? Times? I mean, if I was in a bunker for two weeks without Netflix. I mean, if you were a teenager? You'd have all your movies downloaded on your laptop. Maybe. Maybe they're trying to make the bunker retro. Maybe they are trying to make the bunker (laughs) retro. (sighs) 
Cheryl <laughs> takes this in stride. Yeah. Yeah. No one ever stays dead in Riverdale, do they? What on earth does it mean, Cheryl Blossom? Yep. What's got you so calm about all of this? <laughs> I also... What I find interesting about this is I like where the Archie and Betty thing is right now. And could it, it could remain unanswered and I would be very happy because that triangle plot's a little boring. Mm-hmm. But I like that... Cheryl is doing the, do you have a crush on him? I think you do thing that, like, kind of makes people stop and go, like, oh, like, do do I? And mm. then she doesn't really tell Jughead what Cheryl's, like, messing around about. Right. That is a thread that we can leave just sitting around for whenever they need it. Yeah. That one can, that one can ferment. Can just Yeah. So this was so circumspect to me because I expected this to be the scene with Charles where that what is his deal plot gets introduced <laughs> for the remaining six episodes of the season. Mm-hmm. But And nah. when I say remaining six episodes, that is how long the first season was, I think. Oh, no, the first season was eight episodes. Never mind. No, was it 12? Anyway, it was fewer. <laughs> but going based on last year's numbers... For what, yeah. for what I think they have been ordered. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting few weeks. It's, um, it's neat. It's interesting which bits of this tied up super nice and neat and which ones didn't. Like, I felt myself broadly surprised by that. I also kind of gave up oh. on predictions about a week ago. I, I was just on for the ride at that point. But um, I was qu- I was rather surprised by, um, you know, how straightforward the grandfather plot resolved. Yeah. Amongst other things. Um, Man, I am intrigued by these milkshakes. We've got a vanilla for Betty, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. We've got strawberry for uh, Archie, Archie, equally mm-hmm, hilarious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think Jughead has a coffee one and Veronica has a vanilla one. And by vanilla, I mean chocolate. Yes. But it could be an I Oreo. I don't know why that seems so significant to me. It could be Oreo. It's true. Um, I also um, don't know how I feel about this scene where the two girlfriends are like, we're going to make you graduate. Like, it's just a little bit pat, you know? Sounds like a threat. Goofy, goofy face, goofy, goofy mood. And yeah, then, it was just, like, off-brand for this show, I think. And then Kevin comes in, he's uh, sunshine and puppy dogs, and he climbs on in the booth, and Jug wraps a friendly arm around him, and we're in teenage goofydom again, and life is grand? I am... So here's what I... Yes. Here's what I want. What I want is that over the course of the next six episodes... It is slowly revealed how many people knew Jughead wasn't dead. <laughs> in the sense that, like, someone's like, uh, oh, wait, what do you mean you told Kevin? Oh, yeah, you know, I just, I didn't think it was that big a deal. It's just Kevin. And then Tony's like, oh, I knew Jughead wasn't dead. And someone's like, what do you mean? And, and Tony was like, oh, yeah, like, Kevin told me, like, that's, that's okay, right? Like, that's what I want. I want, like, for the rest of the season, I want a continual, wait, everyone was in on it except for the Stonewall 
mm-hmm. people. Like That's for, what I want from the rest of the season. For 30 or 40 people to have been ahead of the game of Alice, even. Well, I mean, or Alice <laughs> told 10 people, and then Mary also, told, like, you know. Yep. Three people. You know. Keep it a secret. <laughs> that, yep, yeah. yep, yep. I'm I'm looking for forward to the comedic fallout of Jughead's fake death. I want some. Cuz it was ridiculous. Yeah. It was deeply ridiculous. Um that was a cool episode and I honestly don't know if I have much more to say other than what we said in the podcast. It made me think of a lot of things mm-hmm. and I really I enjoyed it. There were a lot of flaws with it. I don't know why Charles isn't the next hook. I don't know why Donna got shortchanged. I love that Brett had such a fun outcome. I want to know where Jonathan is. I I wouldn't be shocked if Donna comes back in some capacity, or at least as much as Evelyn has. But she still seems very in play. She has a bit more complexity than Evelyn, I think. They gave her a little more to do. Yeah, they built her up. But um, yeah, I agree with you. I'm I'm content this week. I'm content to to sit on our laurels, to ride the exposition, to rest my voice, and to figure out what next week comes when we get there. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right, gang. Um, we'll leave it there, I guess. Um, any last thoughts, Chloe? No, we've covered that. We have done. We're good. All right. Well, <laughs> well I'm excited for next week. Yes, I am too, actually. I'm looking forward to see where they go from here. All right. Till then, gang. Till then, gang. Stay safe out there. Bye. Bye.